You're listening to the Mile You're In podcast. Everything running related from 100 meters to 100 miles. And now here's your host, Phil Patterson Jr. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mile You're In podcast. I have another special guest with me today. But before we get into that, as always, I got to quickly shout out my two supporters on Patreon, Becky from Miami and Francine from Pembroke Pines. Both of you continue to support me month after month. So I truly appreciate that. I'm putting your money to good use. I actually have an advertising idea. So I'll let y'all know more about that on another episode. But for today, I have Jasmine Wilkes, a.k.a. Coach Jazz. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So before we get into everything I want to ask you and talk about, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, like Phil said, I'm Coach Jazz. I'm the head track and field coach for Cass Tech High School in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and also the AU Club, Courageous Track Club, and again, in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I've been coaching since 2015, but I've been um, a head coach for two years. I'm going on my second year. I started with just being a hurdle coach. Um, that was my main event that I coached. Um, and I just started dabbling in the sprints and relays since I became head coach, which I'm finding new love for. So, but um, the hurdles always have my heart. Um, I, I was a 400 hurdler in college, 300 hurdler in high school. So hurdles, I'm hurdles through and through, but uh, being a head coach, I got to kind of touch all the events. So yeah, that's pretty much about me. All right. And before we get into this, uh, because since I reached out to you to do this episode, um, I actually had another one of my races. I'm I'm more of the long distance, extremely long distance. So, <laughs> okay. so um, just something to throw out there for you to wrap your mind around or try to wrap your mind around. The mm-hmm. race was 12 hours around a track. Oh, absolutely not. Never. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> you different. I couldn't go a lot right now in my shape, but 12 hours yeah. around a track and maybe if you had some scenery i would i would get with it but oh no wow <laughs> you're different <laughs> no and then so the race is called broken track and the reason is it's a broken track like it it it's old like asphalt there's potholes in it and the, oh the, goodness. the corners are banked there's grass growing in it like it was just insane but what, what made you just curious what made you want to do that that sounds like torture. <laughs> well, I run a hundred mile races. So like for me, I'm like 12 hours. That's like half of what I'm usually out there. So, wow. And like, I, I thought of the aspect of, okay, it's, it's a track. So I don't have to like other races where you have to go to aid stations and carry all this stuff. I'm like, I could set everything mm-hmm. up in one little spot. I'm constantly <laughs> hitting that, but surprisingly it wasn't as boring as i thought it was going to be okay but wow. i definitely never do that again <laughs> i bet you would oh man how many other runners was it that signed up um so there was six and 12 hour race so there i i don't oh remember gosh. um but the winner was a female who did 65 mm. and a half miles 
in that 12 hour period. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> yeah, she was like wow. an energizer bunny. She like every time she passed me, I was just like, do you ever stop? Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's amazing though. That's amazing. That needs to be like broadcast somewhere. That that's crazy. Well, that's the type I bring that up because I know a lot, like, you know, at, at this point, I've talked to so many different track and field athletes. Um, and like a lot of them that are kind of mentoring or in your case, coaching younger athletes that like, I always see that joke about, oh, coach told me we we're running 400s today. And I'm like, just let them know they could be running 12 hours. Right. There you go. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to use that for sure. <laughs> be like, you're only doing like what, eight laps or so, you know, yeah. he, this person did like 200 something laps, like straight. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Wow. What, what led you into coaching? You know what? I get that question a lot and I don't really have like a pivotal moment or you know, I, I don't really know what led me. I mean, there was definitely, I mean, I've always been around track. I mean, I started track when I was eight years old um, and I just grew and, and grew into the sport. Um, my older brothers ran track. So I just always been around track. Um, but I think when I got in college, believe it or not, seeing, and I won't say, you know, anything wrong with my college, but seeing a program, um, unsuccessfully ran I'm gonna I'm say that unsuccessfully ran and, and not just in, in college but you know in different avenues that have been around track I'm like I know I can I can do something with this sport and um, be that coach or be that person um, or run the program that I needed when I was in high school and college so I think seeing so many um, of my peers and and people just not succeeding like they should um kind of gave me that like I don't know if it gave me that push or whatever to really like get into coaching so I could be that person that I needed when I was in high school and college so I think that was my main purpose in getting into it um there wasn't nothing like I mean I just started looking around for teams I could join and you know but that was like my I guess moment for me is like, I want to coach because I know there's athletes that I could take to the next level or that I that I could go to the next level if I had that coaching. So I just wanted to be that coach that I didn't have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it makes sense because, I, and, and I think a lot of us that grew up being in sports, it's tough to leave the sport, you know, yeah. even, yeah. even if it is on your own terms, like you yeah. always, like I, I wrestled in high school and for me, I've gotten so disconnected from it at this point. But when I, and flipping through the channels and I happen to see it on TV or it pops up like in the no local news because one of the local kids is like doing very well. Mm -hmm. It's, it you know, it, it kind of ignites that fire in you again and you want to get involved uh, where at least your sport, there's more opportunities. Mine is kind of like right. once right. You're, you're out, but it, that makes sense, like for sure. Yeah. yeah. So how did your first opportunity, um, I know you said you started in, and like certain events and then worked your way to the head coach. But like, how did all that opportunity come about? Yeah, so it was funny. Um, my friend, the, my, well, my first head coaching job, I will say this, I was a head coach before I really, really got into track, which is kind of backwards. But I was a head coach for a really tall or small um, charter school in Detroit. I mean, we probably had six 
girls on the team, three boys. Like it was really small, new school. Um, so it was just, you know, it, it didn't even have support. Like it, they weren't in um, a division or anything like that. So my friend was like, hey, do you want to just coach with me here? I'm like, sure. She ended up dropping off. <laughs> <laughs> she brought me in and ended up dropping off. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to leave these kids stranded. So I just became the head coach. And it was actually, actually out of all the positions I had, that was probably the most rewarding just because these girls and guys um, never even knew what track was. I mean, they knew, they heard of it, but they didn't know what spikes were, blocks were. They had absolutely no introduction to the sport. So that was kind of my first introduction into coaching. Um, but I end up, it was it was short-lived. I just coached for one season because I ended up getting um, married and then I had a, I had my son shortly after. So I kind of had to abandon that, but I'm actually still close with a lot of the girls from the team. They're, they're adults now, but I'm still close with them. Um, but it was probably two, three years later um, and my son was getting a little older and I didn't really after work I didn't do anything I just was like sitting around I'm like I need to do something I'm like what's my passion oh yeah track so I'm like let me just kind of look around um so I've seen a it was a um community center almost it was like a community organization um that had a lot of different sports so I went to them and ironically um they are now one of our rivals but I started <laughs> with um, a program it was just almost like a AU program for the kids and I, that's when I became the hurdle coach over there um, and I was there for about a year and they didn't really have a solid hurdle coach um, so it was really cool I was able to transform that program and like the hurdle program in like six months where they end up placing the states and it was so it was really cool but um, our rival school so where I'm at now their rival school I should say kind of caught wind of the transformation and their head coach was retiring. So they called me and was like, hey, you interested in being a head coach for Cass? And I'm like, I mean, I haven't really been a real head coach because, I, you know, the first position was six kids on there. So I didn't really have to do too much. But this um, Cass Tech is one of the biggest, well, the biggest um, high schools in Detroit. Um, has a lot of attention, rich history. And I never really was a head coach. And I was 27, going on 28 at the time. I'm like, um, I guess I'll try it. So <laughs> I just kind of just dove in, um, not really having experience, but it ended up being um, a, a really, really great opportunity. And we were able to do some big things. So that was kind of my trajectory starting out and where I'm at now. But yeah, I'm really, really new to coaching. Um, I'm really new to coaching the sprints like 100 percent i'm new to a lot of it so i'm kind of still finding my way but i'm learning a lot every every day i learn something new so. and you you just coach the track right you don't you don't have to work with the field athletes <laughs> well uh -oh. that's my goal but <laughs> okay <laughs> um because we have so many athletes um i've been kind of dipple dabbling in a long jump and high jump just because sometimes my sister coach can't make it or you know or you know it's kind of hard to find coaches that just specialize in the field events especially at the high school level because it you know it's, it's voluntary so it's kind of hard so I've been trying to master the jumps in some of the fields um so yeah I do it all kind of <laughs> I do it all I was only asking because like 
I, I look at that where other sports, I mean, like you think about football, they have that one head coach, but there's so many position coaches because there's so yeah. many things involved. Yeah. Basketball, it's a little bit more like one coach can kind of do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even baseball and, and hockey, things like that. But like track, there's just so much. And then you throw in field. I don't know. When I worked at a running store locally, mm-hmm. the the high school kids would come in sometimes and they would be asking, like I knew, I just knew road running, trail running, stuff like that. So when they came in asking for spikes, mm-hmm. but then they were mentioning like high jump and long jump. Yeah. And this stuff. I'm yep. like, y'all don't use the same spikes? <laughs> no. And then added, you know. The high, yeah, well high jump, they got the spikes on the back, on the heel part. Yeah, there's different, there's almost a different spike for each event. It's like 100 or 400, she has the same spikes and then there's 800 there's distance spikes and there's cross country spikes there's long yeah it's definitely different and it's specific to each event yeah because the the, uh, the day i got introduced like just thrown to the fire was when somebody came in asking for spikes and i'm like oh yeah we got this little box over here and i opened the box and like there was all these different sizes but none of them were like they weren't put in like the little bags and labeled like I'm like, wait, there's different yeah. sizes too. Or like, oh, well, no. fourth, yeah. There's <laughs> Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. It gets, it gets deep. It gets deep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. So with that, with you being still fresh, like a new coach, um, and with so many different things that you didn't have to maybe watch or be a part of, um, because you know when you're an athlete yourself, the coach is just going to work on those specific needs for your event yeah what is a normal day of coaching like for you like how do you make sure you're prepared to help each member of the team and and get the workouts you know right so that they are benefiting from that practice so it's a lot of planning and i think um people people see coaching and they're like oh, okay they're doing cool drills especially with my um instagram page all oh, doing cool drills and but it's very specific drills is planned out is thought about sundays i use i usually take like an hour hour and a half to just do a complete planning week um and usually i find my inspiration from what the theme across the board with all my athletes that weekend like that the last meet so for instance, like last meet, um, I seen a lot of my athletes kind of their front side mechanics were not where they need to be. They were dropping their knees a lot, um, approaching line, things like that. So Sunday, I went to the drawing board and I did a pretty much this entire week is themed front side mechanics. So I have to each day I have a specific workout um, for each one of my each one of my athletes. So it's it's pretty much individualized. So I have athletes that can run the two and the four. And I have athletes in my group that can run the four and the eight. So it has to be kind of specific to what they need. Um, Cause I can't run my hundred runner like I run my 800 runner. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a lot. It takes, that's why, you know, I don't, I don't know if other coaches do that. I haven't really seen a lot of coaches, you know, use a day to just plan, but I'm big on that just because it has to be very specific or it's just a cookie, like a, a cookbook type recipe for everybody. And that's not, to their benefit um so i i take my time i plan out each day I, well first i figure out what the need is then i plan it out um and then i'm specific to each athlete or each event group and then i kind of go go about it like that so like 
Mondays, we came off, um, usually our Mondays are volume day, so it's pretty, usually they call it the hard days. I say volume, but the girls hate it. Um, they know, like, Coach Jazz, it's a hard day. Just say what it is. But um, but Mondays, usually are hard days, but um, there's usually, like I said, a theme involved, so it's really specific. So, you know, most of the girls do the same um, workout, but they focus on different parts. So, that's kind of, I mean, did I answer your question on that? Like, I just plan out a lot. And then, like I said, I usually have each day, I usually keep it same. So, like, Mondays are volume days. You know, Wednesdays is recovery. Thursdays, speed. So, it's usually the same um, type of workout, but it's just specific to their needs for that day. So, then, based off of one of your recent stories on Instagram, on Mondays, with them knowing what kind of day is it, do they ask you to, what was it, send courage? Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. That actually one of the funniest videos. So that was actually one of my athletes. I made her get an ice bath because we had a two-day meet. So they had to come back for finals. So I wanted them to make sure they prepare. But yes, um, the girls come in Mondays. They come in sleep prepared because they know what it's about to be. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, they, they know I think they kind of get a feel which day is going to be hard now. Um, and they know it's usually Monday. So they come in with that with that mentality. Please just pray for us. And <laughs> they're the dramatic little girls. But, <laughs> yeah, they send courage and all this stuff. Yeah, they're hilarious. But um, they kind of caught wind of the theme that I have because I keep it pretty much the same throughout all the seasons. Um, but, I mean, it just depends where we're at and what we need and what part of the season we're in. You know, if we're in our um, specific phases or trying to peak at a certain time in our competition phase, then, you know, it's a little less volume and intense. Well, it's always high intensity, but it's less volume, um, you know, on our Mondays. But they they know. They know. And they, they joke about it all the time. So with, with again, still being new to this and, mm-hmm. and kind of dabbling in to a lot of different stuff that you're not fully familiar with, what what would you say are some of like the struggles even if it's just one but like some some things that kind of maybe have caught you off guard or just you're like wow this is more than you know i didn't expect this um and and like how did you overcome that or, or what did you do to 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 handle that yeah so you know it's funny most of my struggles with being a new coach is everything outside track Honestly, the track part is the easiest, but dealing with high school girls, um, is that's the struggle in itself. <laughs> it's like seriously, they um, I have, I mean, you know, you high school girls, they they go through things. They're, you know, they have a lot of outside factors that can get and play a part in their performance. So the track piece is easy. Making the workouts is easy. Making you know going to the meets and running a time is easy. But I also have to deal with um, their personal life. I have to deal with grades. I have to deal with um, trauma that they might endure. Like it's a lot of things that I didn't. I didn't know I, when I got the coaching job. I'm like, oh, I'm just a track coach. Mm-hmm. I'm so much more though. I'm so much more. Um, a lot of these girls look at me because I am, you know, young. So I'm closer to their age. They look at me as their big sister. Some look at me as, you know, a mother figure, a counselor. So it's a lot of different roles I play. And that has been the most challenging piece for me because, you know, I'm so competitive and I'm like, we're going to go out here and beat this team. And But I have to also cater to my athletes because, you know, sometimes it's not about track. Some girls, they come to the, they come to practice, you know, and they're 
just got done crying for an hour over a boy. Like, you know what I mean? And I have to, <laughs> and it's, it, to me, it's like, oh, come on now. But also that's the, that's something that they're really dealing with. So how can I ask them to give me a hundred percent in this 400 workout if you haven't ate all day because you're, you know, upset over a boy. So it's just like a lot of different things. Um, I didn't think I would have to take into account when taking on this position that I have to. The track piece is easy, but dealing with them outside of track, that's, that's something different. That's that's the piece that I think is the most hardest for me um, that I'm still adjusting to and trying to be empathetic and sympathetic to a lot of their outside needs. And and that's so true because yeah. I, I even think about like, you know, not just sports related, but like work related, like how, you know, this is a a job for you, a career. Um, and yeah. I think about like recently in my like work career journey, opportunities to be a manager have come up again. And the position itself, I'm like, oh yeah, I could definitely do that. I've done it before. Like it's no yeah. problem. But when you, when I have flashbacks of, the personalities you have to deal with in um surprising yeah. you know you think oh we're we're out of high school we're out of college we're now in the professional adult world there's still very immature immature yes. uh, personalities and things you have to deal with so on a high school level remembering myself in that position i can only imagine what that's like thankfully like you said being closer to the age helps yeah absolutely I, I feel like a lot of the older coaches lose that connection uh, and they can't really relate. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with the next question was how do you motivate or instill the confidence in them? Because I know, you know, it even affects us adults with how social media is just like pushing a lot of different negative uh, mindsets on us. Like we see, yeah, yeah. we hear things and it kind of makes us beat ourselves up and be our own worst critics. So to have somebody who can kind of snap you out of that and lift you up is is very powerful. So like, how do you deal with that, knowing everything else that you're you're dealing with, not just the athletic part of it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things we do. I always tell the girls, first of all, I always tell them running is, I mean, the, the quote is 90% mental, right? Or 90, yeah, 90% mental, 10% physical. I said that thing is 100% mental because you are your your biggest competitor. I mean, you can make or break your performance that day. And because I know this and because I know my girls and I know how much the mental can play a part, we do a lot of, lot of, lot of, um, I don't want to say, well, I mean, meditation, that's what it is. We do, we, I actually hired on, a, a, we call her empowerment coach. Um, where she came in, she did um, mental health Mondays, she did meditation Mondays, and we did, I sent the girls um, different, uh, what is it, inspirational videos and things of that nature to kind of play to their mental piece because um, we do have a lot of girls that go through a lot of things. So for me, you know, I'm always, the girls can attest, I'm always giving life <laughs> advice throughout the workout. Like they'll finish a rep and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that rep, whatever how hard it is and whatever, I'm gonna turn it around to be some type of life life lesson. 
like you know if it's the last rep in a in a hard workout i'm like this is it this is the this is it right now this is how you're supposed to go out you're supposed to go everything you got right now give me your heart you know so i try to play on their mental as much as i can because all my girls are absolutely um incredible athletes i mean their physical piece just comes naturally but a lot of them are held back because of that mental piece whether it's outside or on side of the track um they just they something blocks them so every day you know i'm preaching to them about you know giving them different quotes and inspirations and i send them things and you know i bring in our empowerment coach they have one-on-one sessions so we do just a lot to target that and i've noticed that being being a new team and being able to garner so many accolades in such a short amount of time i think it has you know it's it's a tribute to us focusing more on their mental aspect and their physical aspect so i mean every day and i think the girls get mad because they'll literally go on their knees or huffing and puffing after a workout and i'm and i'm trying to tie it back to a life lesson or <laughs> they're like look okay i'm just trying to survive out here but i'm like you know this this is what it is how are you gonna be when you're you know you're you're broke or you know what i mean or you got whatever and you got all these life adversities you're gonna just give up okay, no, then get it back on the line. So, you know, and I'm always trying to tie it in. And, and they may not understand what I'm doing in the moment, but especially my alumni and the girls that, you know, went through the program, they tell me, like, you know, when I'm cramming for a college uh, a final, your voice always pops in my head. Like, stay strong, keep going, things like that. So I just try to throw in those little affirmations to them so they can remember that in everything they do, not just track. And, and that's the point of this whole podcast. Like, that's why people, when they hear the mile you're in, they think it's strictly running, but it's our journey is that, you know, what let's say Nipsey Hussle would say the marathon, the journey. Yes. So for yep. me, this life, each day, each situation you're in relationship, job, whatever it is you're going through, that's your mile that you're in at the moment. So, yep. you, you know, you're focusing on that towards whatever your goal is. And it is, like you said, it's, it is very much, if not a hundred percent mental, because Absolutely. when I was going around that track and the clock would only say like two to three minutes, every time I did a lap, I'm just like, I got 11 hours to go of this, man. <laughs> it's like, and it's moments like that where you look back and it's like, all right, how long was I at that job that I really hated? And I kept applying for all these other jobs, trying to get out of there. And they just kept denying me or, you know, and eventually you get there, you get that job you want and you're out of that bad situation. So like, I like that you're doing that because that's, yeah. that's the reason for this podcast is to remind people that it all connects. Like the situations are different, but the lessons that we learn from them and through them um, are the same. So along with everything that happens in a meet in a competition there's going to be those moments of success so i know there's different coaches with different personalities what is yours like um because i know that can play a role in your athletes motivation and mental state especially if things aren't going the way at certain points of the meet so are you more of a reserved coach you have your emotions you wear them on your sleeves what's that like as you guys are winning events and and the overall so oh that's a loaded question so yeah <laughs> i'm a definitely no i'm a definitely i love this question i'm a definitely say i'm a passionate coach 
definitely not reserved whatsoever. Um, if they do well, they're gonna see my reaction. They're gonna see my reaction. Um, I'm, I'm jumping, I'm screaming, I'm, I'm calling out their name. I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm very humble, but I'm very uh, passionate. And I say that because I want them to to feed off my energy as well. When they PR, they, they need to know that's an amazing accomplishment. I don't care if it's a, if it's a, my slowest girl ran a, a second faster, I'm gonna be just as excited as my top girl breaking the school record, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm passionate um, through and through. And I'm, my mentor told me, one of my mentors told me when I first got into coaching is that your athletes adopt your personality. And that is so true. So I'm like big on checking myself, even in going into practice. I check myself, I seal myself before going into a meet or practice because I know however I come off, they're gonna come off. If I'm down that day, they're gonna be down that day. If I'm, you know, you know, not really into it, they're not gonna be really into it. So um, I'm I'm very passionate because I want I want to see their passion, you know, when they perform. But also, you know, not every day is everybody's good day. So those times when they're having you know, a bad meet or a bad race, or I, I always say we gotta have short-term memory, short-term memory. So yeah, that race was terrible. We'll go back to enjoy for it. But right now you got two more events you still gotta focus on. So forget that one, let's get to the next one. So I try to build mental stamina is what I call it um, throughout meets because things happen. I mean, especially I'm a, I'm, my main thing is the hurdle coaching with, with hurdles, anything can happen. I mean, literally. So I try to make sure they have that same mindset. Like, you know, it, it short-term memory whether you did good or bad because you do good you don't want to you know get a little cocky or you know take get too excited get too excited and you you know over overrun your next race or you know you kind of get out your race because you're so excited about that past race um but same thing you don't want to you, you fell in the hurdles you ran a bad time or whatever and now it affected the next three races and plus your relay so you know i, I tried to I try to make sure I always have in the back of my head that they're going to adopt my personality or they're going to adopt how I'm feeling. So I always try to stay passionate and excited throughout the meets. Um, but also, you know, we, we, everybody look at me, everybody knows when they finish the race, I'm like, you got five minutes to feel however you want to feel. If you feel excited, you PR, that's awesome. If you feel down, okay, whatever. But you got five minutes, then we got to shake it off to the next one, you know? And then same thing with the meets, like, if they just had a stellar all four events, it was absolutely amazing. That's that's awesome. Y'all have a whole day to celebrate or to, to power or whatever. But after that, we back to the grind. And that's the kind of um, mentality that I, I have the young ladies adopt. Um, and that's my mentality that I have. You know, I try to just take me by me. I don't, you're only as good as your last performance. Um, of course, you know, PRs last forever, but you got to also prove the next meet that you can still do this or, you know, prove that you, that you are not, you know, what you ran last time. So, you know, I'm, I'm, but I, I am passionate. I'm, I'm absolutely. And the girls joke, they're like, you're more excited than me. Like they'll, <laughs> they'll win a race. I'm, I'm doing backflips. Like I'm so excited, but it, it's big for me, um, for them to see how I'm excited because it, it that, that just gives them that motivation to work harder so they can keep achieving um, that success that they, they had at that one race or that one meet. So. Well, I like that because when I was wrestling my second to last coach, unfortunately we had three different coaches while I was there, but oh wow, <laughs> um, yeah. the, the, the one in the middle was just so like dull emotionally. So 
like when you won, you didn't know if he was happy or satisfied or or wow. not. Like his 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 reaction was the same, and it kind of reminds me of like like in the NFL with Bill Belichick. Like it's just so, or or like Greg Popovich in the NBA. Like they're just so serious. They do joke around from time to time, but like when when it's game time, like they're so serious that you don't yeah. really know. Like they'll celebrate with you, but having that personality to pump you up does help because yeah, absolutely. You know. If like I know me when I was in tournaments and, you know, for us, it was double elimination. So if you lost your, you know, one of your matches, you still could come back and at least get third place where for a lot of people, that's like, all right, well, what's the point? Like I'm not getting first or at least second. And to have that coach still pump you up and motivate you. And, you know, it's tough because you'd see other teammates succeeding or doing well and, you know, it just beats you up. So to have someone who is going to lift you up and, and the whole team and get you motivated, it helps because it's not just what I think a lot of people forget is it's it's similar to track and field in the, in the sense that there are the individual events and awards, but there's still the team factor where you can win as a team. So if, if people are having bad events, or bad days, you can still contribute in other ways to the team still winning. So that's something that um, definitely helps as a coach to be able to motivate everyone. Um, and and that passion shows. Like it, it's it's a I can't think of the word right now, but it reflects on what you've done to get them to that point to be successful. That's another thing. Yes, yes, yes. So the, the cheering is definitely for them, but that cheering sometimes is for me because I know how hard they grind and I see it in and out um, of practice every day. And it's like for them, just, you know, whether it's a win or a PR or whatever, or, you know, running the race execution, how we ask, uh, it, it's, it's definitely like, it, it's definitely for them, but also it's for me too because I just see how hard they work. And I see how, you know, the, the work I put into it as well. So I'm screaming for both them and me at the same time. So, yeah. and and as we just talked about, we both have children the same, basically the same age. So, uh-huh. you know, you can relate it to when I see my son doing things now, like he's reading and he's not even in school yet. And I'm like, okay, well, I kind of contributed to that by teaching him some of these words and, and encourage uh-huh. him to read. So it's that same thing. Like these are in a way, I know they look at you like a bigger sister, but they're also in a way looking at you like a a, a parent figure absolutely well, yep. so yeah so although it is a young coaching career what has been your most memorable moment as a coach so far oh i think i have oh i have i'm blessed to say that i have a few and i just started but i'm gonna say i'm like two i think are the most memorable one being um, last year, it was which is my first year as a head coach. We won our regionals, which um, Cast Tech, which is a school I coach for, has not won regionals in over 27 years. So we were able to win that in my first year. That was actually kind of crazy because we were not even, um, we were definitely not slated to win whatsoever. Um, there is a team that consistently wins and they, I did like the numbers and everything. They were looking like they were going to win by like 10, 15 points, but we were right there. And I kind of brought my team together the day before. And I'm like, y'all, we could do this. And everybody just was so hyped. And I promise you almost, yeah, 20 girls 
run um, and or throw or, you know, do a field event. And every single one um, ran or threw their personal best. And it was it was just crazy that just everyone wanted it so bad. Um, and we ended up winning by over, I think it was over 20 points and having the most points scored in like the last 15 years out of any division, any region. So it was it was a super cool moment. Um, and then my second, which I say this is probably my most memorable, only because, like I was saying before, I was a hurdle coach. I was a hurdle athlete. I was straight sprinter. Don't ask me to do anything over a four. I'm making you an <laughs> eight, but don't ask me nothing over eight. I was not. So with that being said, I definitely didn't do cross country. Um, but when I got hired on, I thought I was only going to be the track and field coach. They said, no, you have to be both the cross country and track and field. <laughs> I said, okay. Mind you, I didn't know I didn't know how to score in that cross country. I don't think I've been to a cross country meet, like, ever in my <laughs> life. So I'm like, y'all want me to be the head coach of a cross country team. Um, so I, my first year, you know, I figured out the ropes. We came in second in our division. Um, and, you know, it was still, uh, it was pretty, it was a, Good moment, but then I'm like, I'm too competitive to just continuously get a second. I don't care if it's my event or does my specialty or not. So the next year, I did a lot of research. I figured it out. Um, we, I started, uh, we, we, I made some girls some distance runners that they didn't want to run distance, but I'm like, you're gonna be a distance runner, <laughs> and we end up winning um, the city championship the following year. So that would have been my second year as a cross country coach, um, and we won. Not only did we, we win. We beat the team that has been winning for the past 15 years. Um, and we did it in with all freshmen and sophomores, number one. And then we also did it in like a dramatic fashion because, I, I mean, I'm sure you know about cross country, but um, what happens is if there's a tie, you know, you go to your sixth person. So mind you, we were going against the Goliath of the story. We were definitely um, the David because we were not, I mean, Castec has not won cross country in probably I don't think they've ever won, actually. I don't think they've ever won the city championship. Um, and this certain team was winning for 12 years. The team before them was winning for multiple years before that. So Cass was never in the rotation to win. Um, and like I said, I was researching, trying to figure it out. We got to championship. Mind you, we went undefeated that entire season, like in our jamboree meets, which is like the just the meets within the city or our dual meets or whatever. Um, so we got to the city championship. And... They, the, the top team pulled out fast ones, pulled some girls that never ran a meet, like in our dual meets, but we're like top, pulled them last minute. Hello, Lord. So <laughs> I just, again, had the conversation. I'm like, y'all, how bad do y'all want it? And those girls went out and ran their hearts off. 14-year-old, 15-year-old girls ran their hearts off. And we end up tying with the team. But it came down to the sixth person, which in cross country, if you tie, it goes to your sixth person, whoever, their sixth person, which is our sixth person, whoever places higher wins. And at that point, we didn't know who won. So we, we, I was trying to calculate, but it was so much going on. It was hard to calculate. So we had to wait 40 minutes, which was kind of unheard of, unheard of, of across country. You usually know right away. Right. It took 40 minutes to say the results. And, um, they came on, and at this moment, none of the coaches, none of the athletes, nobody knew who won because we knew it came down to six person. That's all we knew. We just didn't know who six person, you know, was in front. And they said, Cast Tech champions. I mean, you would thought I won the Super Bowl or a million dollars. <laughs> we went, I think the video is on my Instagram too. We went absolutely insane. And I think 
I mean, like I said, I'm track through and through. I'm a sprinter. But that moment is like, it's sketched in my brain forever, in my heart forever, just because it wasn't the fact that we won. It was more so the fact that these girls gave every single thing they had to pull this off. And it was just such a cool moment to, you know, for it to be to come and no, we we were we were good all season, but for them to like really reap the rewards from their hard work, it was absolutely incredible. And then, you know, and just also I was proud of myself um, because I came in the year before I didn't know anything about cross country. So to come in and be able to win the the, the pinnacle of the season, the, the top meet was super cool. And I was just really proud of myself for um, persevering and not just giving up and be like, okay, well, this is just cross country and just, you know, having that mindset. But I challenged myself and we were able to, to see big things from it. So that's why I was, that's probably the most memorable moment. And that's a good lesson too, because obviously we always want to win. Everybody wants to win. Right, but right. If, again, with it being an individual slash team sport, your contribution, contribution to the team event side of it in that case if i'm you know sixth place on the team i'm like uh, you know and and i've seen cross-country meets where it's hundreds of kids so i i guess i could understand why it kind of got hard for them because there's probably mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. many people crossing line and it and, was yeah, yeah yeah but to to be in that position and you know gosh i'm not even in the top five of the team and you're mm-hmm. you're still trying but you have to keep in mind that you could still have a factor in that overall Absolutely. result. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of a wrestling tournament I had when we were in high school and we ended up winning by a half a point, which means every every result of our matches, whoever did win, or even actually now that I think about uh, yeah, no, the losses didn't really matter, but every win and how we won mattered. So it didn't just matter that we won. Anyone who got a pin or, you know, won by a technical default or, or things like that, it added up to that half a point of a win. So you look at two sixth place runners who have no idea what's even going on, but they're still running to do their best. That that attempt to still be as good as they could led to you guys winning where if it was just oh you know I'm, I'm all the way back here with everyone else it doesn't matter where i really place it really does so that's Absolutely. you know that's something that you could throw in taking from cross country to track and say look you know the points are still going to add up at the end of this meet everybody's got to put in their their best you know Absolutely. we may not have the individual accolades today or this week but you know, the team can still, that's what it's supposed to be about. So I like, yes, you know, absolutely. I like that both then, those stories tie together. Yeah. And then also it's just big because, um, a lot of, actually a lot, so, you know, I don't know everybody's culture style, but you know, I'm uh, with the team I came from and, you know, teams that I've kind of been around a lot of the coaches just, they focus on the top girls and, um, I'm, I, try to make sure my entire team knows that you know I got from my slowest to my fastest they know I care about them and that's the culture that I, I tried to cultivate coming in just because that's the culture I came from although I was one of the top girls in high school I just always thought like come on like my the slowest girls should still get the same attention as you know the top girls so I kind of took that on with my program and every single athlete 
gets the same passion um, and effort that, you know, my top girl gets or whatever. So to see that my sixth place pretty much won it for us, I mean, she was the, you know, wasn't our top five girls, you know, were moving and our sixth girl was, you know, she, she was just decent, but at the end of the day, she felt a part of the team. And she never, for one second, thought it doesn't matter because if she did have that in her mindset, well, you know, Coach Jazz only cares about the top girls, she probably wouldn't have ran that hard. She knew I was rooting for her just like I was rooting for our, our first place. And with her giving everything that she got, end up giving us the title was just a testament to what I what I believe in. It's just showing everyone, everyone that's coming on, under you should feel the same type of love. It doesn't matter how good they are on and off the track. It should be the same. I don't care how many points they can score for you or, you know, how fast, how many records they can break. At the end of the day, they're training under you. You should, they should feel the same type of love. So it, it was super cool because it, it kind of just wrapped it all together. And it was just, it was so many great stories out of just that one moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little excited now for cross country season. So I'm like, oh, I, I think I got the hang of it now. Like, I think I know what I'm doing a little bit. <laughs> so. Thinking of that, like going, kind of going back to the track part of it. How, how do you identify the strengths of your athletes to know who, you know, where you should plug each one of them? Because I would think that's got to be one of the hardest with so many different events, knowing where to put them, but also like if they can do multiple events and and Mm -hmm. having to plan that out with how the schedule is of the meet. Yeah. So we actually beginning of the season for every season we do testing. So we literally go through all the events we do or a version of the events to kind of see one we we also see you know their progress like if it's we do like broad jump so it's also not only do we see if we got jumpers on the team it measures the power output and everything so we regardless every season we do um testing um and from there we can kind of figure out where their best event are. are they sprinters distance especially for the newer athletes um but then as we start getting more into the season it's really about it. Well, it depends what season. So for spring, it's more team. For summer, like we're in now, it's more individual. But during those team seasons, it's more where we need the most points and what can you score the most points in to get a team title. So some of our girls, like I have a girl that can run the hundred. She could she can run the hundred through the eight hundred plus the hurdles. So it's like where the, I can't put you in all the events <laughs> and how the schedule is. Like where the heck do I put you? But I put her and where we need her the most and where she can score the most. So it really depends on, you know, their best event and or, you know, where we need the most points in that, you know, at that event at the time. So it just depends on the meet and everything. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but we have a lot of athletes that, that could just, it just tough and they could just run anything. So it makes my job hard, but it's, it's a good job. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it definitely makes my job harder because um, I have to be more strategic and, you know what I place them in but yeah we we definitely we break into groups early on in the season after our testing so as a coach what what is your hopes for your athletes as they move on because I know like school this particular school season it just ended mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you had any seniors but you know that time comes as a as a high school or collegiate co- coach you have your your student athletes that will eventually move on. So what is your hopes for them? Uh, I know you've thrown in life lessons to tie uh-huh. into that, but afterwards, like what is it that, you know, that perception you hope 
athletes and their parents or other coaches, people look at you and say about Coach Jazz, you know, down the road? You know, I think almost like you're like asking what legacy do you want to kind of leave? And I think with, and not even just my legacy, but when the girls go on to do whatever they want, whether that's, you know, going to college, whether that's running in college, whether that's a full-time job, whatever they do, I just want them to always believe in themselves. And that's something, our mantra is shock the world. Um, and, you know, some people can take offense to that thinking, you know, it, it's, it's arrogant or and that's not the case at all. Shocking the world can be going to college and getting a grade. Shocking the world can be, you know, nailing that interview that you wanted the, of the job that you wanted for. Shocking the world can be, you know, making it to the Olympics. Shocking the world can be whatever that you want it to be. And at the end of the day, it all goes back to believing in yourself, believing that you can do thing, the impossible. And it doesn't matter what the what what the impossible is but every time one of my athletes you know graduate or whatever I don't push track on them if they want to run track awesome I can die I can get you a scholar I can do whatever you need to succeed but at the end of the day whatever positive outcome that you get or that you're going towards I just want you to believe in yourself I want you to feel like whatever you do you're going to shock the world and you're going to shock yourself and you're going to make yourself proud you're going to believe in yourself in any aspect and this could be 30 years from now you got kids and you got I want you to instill that into them as well like you could do whatever you want to do it doesn't matter what it is you could do whatever you want to do and that's what I really just try to push for my athletes and ingrain in their head y'all don't take anything else from me I don't care if you take this workout from me or you know this this life lesson one life one life lesson or one thing that I always want my athletes and my staff to remember is that we can do the impossible we can shock the world just like how we did it and I go back to the the cross country meet, just like we did that. That was absolutely insane, but we could do it. Or you can get that six figure job that you that you want. Whatever you want, you can do it. And that's what I really just try to instill. And um, when when the girls graduate and they come back to me and they're telling me they have a hard time, I always just say that I'm like, shock the world. You you shock the world because you know you could do the impossible. You've done it before, on and off the track. So I, that's the legacy that I'm trying to leave um, with this program and all the girls in their minds. So, yeah. And I like that because we, especially now in the day of social media, uh, I think when I was graduating, it was right around the time, you know, I, I people, we, we joke about it, but MySpace was, was just becoming a thing. So, oh, that was <laughs> so like, you know, we were entering into the social media world and now like I'm, there's really only one that I can think of, but I know, my final high school wrestling coach uh i'm friends with him on facebook and and still connect with him and it's because of that connection we had back then um that father type figure that mentor um someone that encouraged me along the way after it wasn't just you know his job for that time while he was there and and it's just that encouragement that we can have on them after track and field or after wrestling or whatever sport it is um, and it's the same thing in life you know our kids once they grow up and they leave our homes you know that what did we teach them along that journey so that they're prepared for the future on their own and, and knowing that they can rely back on us 
whenever things get hard. So I like that. Mm -hmm. Thank so you. Where for people that want to follow you, because um, I have to say, since I started following your page, um, the the video I love the videos, but the stories, a lot of the stories um, that you post especially like the ice bath one, I don't, you know, <laughs> like that's what I like to, um, to see because I feel like a lot of the posts, like not yours specifically, but mm -hmm, a lot of people mm -hmm. um, that post on social media, it's, it's like, you know, the perfect filters or the perfect, right. Everything right, right. where you're Absolutely. posting the natural, Raw. <laughs> um, you know, like, like I saw the video, um, it might've been your last one where they mm -hmm. were doing um, like the, the jump rope and something else. And there was like this kind of like old guy, in the in the lane oh yeah <laughs> and, and i'm and i started like I, I was watching him and i had to go back and watch what they were doing because i was watching him watching them and i was just like That's you know hilarious most people when they do like workout or coaching videos they don't like you know other things in there but you're just like look i'm yeah this is what we this is it it's <laughs> this raw is... i have no edit no filters they mess up the drum rope, they mess it up like it is what it is yeah so that's where funny. where can people that want to follow you because i also have a friend that's in detroit that has a daughter i can't remember how old she is but oh. i know she's she's eventually getting to that high school age and okay. she might even be in your area and might join you who knows she she's getting into running so um, Ooh, where can awesome. people follow you on social media yeah so um instagram is coach jazz coach j-a-z-z 33 um and then same twitter coach jazz 33 i'm not really active on twitter i try to but I, I do have a twitter page so i sometimes post on there but mostly you can find me on instagram um that's my personal coaching page and then we have two team pages which is cast tech c-a-s-s tech t-e-c-h t-n-a-t-n-f cast tech t-n-f and then we my au team is courageous t-n-f so but the main post is coach jazz 33 on instagram and that's what you just started. Is that like just starting now? Because I just saw you post the AAU stuff. So is that beginning now that the high school stuff yes. is over? Yep. Yep. So we're now in our AAU um, summer track team. And so we're trying to, we just completed our districts. So next weekend is regionals. And we're praying that we qualify a few out to nationals. And nationals this year is in Greensboro, North Carolina. So that's the, um, that's the goal we're trying to get to this year is nationals. Well, we already know you're going to instill <laughs> for them to shock the world. That's thank you. Thank you. So I, I want to thank you. I know we had uh, nobody's going to know what happened in between <laughs> all this recording. Okay. Uh, but guys, we ran into some technical difficulties and this has been a very interesting interview. The most chaotic <laughs> one I had, not because of her. So I appreciate your patience with everything. Absolutely. I know we had to reschedule. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to add before we end the show? No, thank you for having me. Um, and I, I do just want to say this. I have a lot of people that ask me to do podcasts and things like that. And I usually, just because of my schedule, um, not because I'm, you know, a deep or anything, I usually turn them down just because it's just so much. But um, for some reason, I didn't even go to your podcast yet or anything. But for some reason, my spirit was just saying, you know, talk to him because he he seems like a good guy. And then I went to your Instagram and I just seen your amazing posts and your support of like Black Lives Matter and all that. And it was just really exciting um, and a breath of fresh air just to see people supporting, not just running, 
but just all facets of life. Um, so it was super cool. So I appreciate you and I thank you um, for having me on today. And, you know, I'm going to continue pushing out your podcast because it's definitely, um, it's definitely a great podcast. And I hope, you know, you blow up one day because it's definitely, <laughs> you, got some, you got some great uh, things going on. So, yeah. I appreciate that. Well, for everyone listening, make sure you check out her pages. I will add them in the show notes as always. Um, and, I guess the, the lesson from this one is to lead by example, to realize the power that you have and the influence you can have on others, especially those that look up to you. So whatever it is you're doing, if you're a manager at work, if you're a teacher at school, a coach in a sport, uh, a parent, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of all the op op options you have, but if you have that opportunity to help somebody grow you know, just lead by example and, and help instill the right things for them and for their future. Thanks for listening to the Mile Your End podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Check out previous episodes and more at heelstriker954.com.